0: Our economy is crashing, inflation is out of control. Why are conservatives bad, mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve. (laughs) They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move. Russia has joined with China. (laughs) The USA is a
1: mess. This is not real. It's just a dream. Please, please wake up. And welcome to another edition of Speaking Out America. My name is Jim Watkins. We are here for you to unravel the mess and bring clarity to confusion, as we do Monday through Friday here on CRN Talk at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific. And a little bit later, we're going to be joined by a great friend of mine, a very analytical thinker, fellow broadcaster who actually has a show. He's been on in uh, the Boston area for, gosh, 30 years and he's a business entrepreneur i've known him since i was a young guy we basically started our radio careers uh although i think he's been in a little bit longer than than i have but we met in california and uh he's just a, a new, knew his wife i think did i go to his wedding i think maybe i did uh and i knew his mom and and you know just a great all around guy who used to go to every once in a while if i ever was in the boston area i would go see him Name is uh, Brian Thomas. He does a, a morning show on WBSM in uh, uh, what is it, Brooklyn? I can't remember. One of those small outer cities of Boston, but it's in the Boston area. Uh, and he's a big fan of basketball. Just an all-around good guy, and I've had him on, I think, in a few occasions of the program. But he's going to join us, and, and I'm going to open up the floor. And it's just going to be two guys talking about what's happening in the world and how did we get here. And what do we do next? And that's the challenge that we're facing right now. Because everybody in America, I imagine everybody in in Europe, maybe there are places where people just aren't connected. You know, maybe in developed country, underdeveloped countries where they don't have television, they don't have CNN blaring in. Maybe in those countries, people don't worry. But everybody else, pretty much is on edge. And it's hard not to be on edge when every day you turn on the TV and you see this. That is the sound of Israel and Gaza going at it. I mean, those are bombs, man. I mean, how'd you like to wake up? And and there's not a person on this earth that, that isn't shedding a tear for what we're seeing happening to Palestinians forget Hamas for just a minute I hate the fact that we've gotten to this point you know uh, it it, it, am I an ally of Israel am I sympathetic to their issues their political struggles their religious struggles with and I say religious in the sense that this is a religious war for many in Hamas and Hezbollah and the Ayatollah and then you've got the people on the uh, on our side of the ocean It's hard to gauge what Jake Sullivan's motives are because I don't think that he is necessarily acting in the best interest of Americans. I mean, he's a liar. This guy is part of the, he is the deep state. I've mentioned his name so many times. People don't realize that he's the guy that got the Trump-Russia collusion lie going. He was the one that started it. He started it because he linked a fax machine to the Politburo and somehow came up with this crazy notion that the Trump organization must be, uh, what, what's the word, cohorting with the Russians. And then they went and fabricated a story to make it look like that happened. Now, I don't know if Jake Sullivan did it on his own. Maybe he got a call from Hillary. Hillary. And you know that Jake Sullivan was in the Obama administration, along with Susan Rice and Victoria Nuland. Victoria Nuland goes back to the days of the Iraqi war. It was her husband that whispered in the ear of Colin Powell, they've got weapons of mass destruction. We know. We've got the intelligence. So it's hard to know what the motives are of the deep state. Are they doing this just for profits? Because there's huge profits to be made. Weapons have to be purchased. Bombs have to be bought. There are people who buy and sell large billion dollar, maybe 10 million dollar airplanes. Those F-16s aren't cheap. Those warships take a lot of power. Just think of those warships. How many sailors do they have on them? What is the price per day to operate a warship, a USS whatever? How much does it cost to fly a bunch of sorties over Syria? And drop a few shells. I mean, somewhere somebody has to pay for that. And I suspect it may be you and me, the taxpayer. Because America is rich. People get up. They go to work every day. They buy stuff all the time. So it's hard to know what the motive here is for us. Are we protecting Israel because we're their ally? Or because it's a huge profit? And you can double dip and it makes our president look strong. I think somebody mentioned one time that the statistical reelection chances go up enormously when you're at war. Very, very rarely in history do people change leadership when they're in in the midst of a war. So there's that. And so there's all these things that are going on in the world today. You've got the Ukraine war. Some of this we'll touch on with Brian in a little bit. But it's just made us all a little bit uh, less ease now, to add to this, Biden yesterday sent a powers notification to Congress. Joe Saunders reported on this yesterday at ten fifty five a m and President Joe Biden has formally notified Congress that he has committed American military force against terror groups funded and trained by us or uh, by that same republic. so what that means is that President Biden has put Congress on notice that he and as commander-in-chief, his army, now are going to go after terrorists in the region. So it's a blank check. We've got to stop the terrorists. The Islamic Republic of Iran is now a sworn enemy, and we've got to take them out. The IRCG, which is the Islamic Republic of Iran's, uh, what you might call the private army. And, And now Americans are expected to trust That Biden knows what he's doing. On Friday, the Washington Times reported Biden wrote to Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson and Democratic Senate President pro temper Patty Murray to fulfill the requirements of the Wars Powers Act, the mandate that presidents can consult congressional leaders on military action. What could possibly go wrong? This is Biden's commitment now to say that we are going to go after the enemy. And this is the enemy. It's not Hamas, it's Iran. It's not Hamas, it's Hezbollah. I mean, it could be Al-Qaeda. It could be anybody he wants it to be under the banner of terrorism. So this president, just like he did with Ukraine, is walking us into World War III. What do we do? And who's going to stop him? Who's going to tell President Biden, hey, man, you know, this looks like Wag the Dog, man. This is one of those things. Did you see the movie? I can almost guarantee you that he's never seen the movie. He probably likes the fact that uh, it was based on Bill Clinton. Or it could be that he just knows that's how it works in Washington. And maybe all of these wars that we've been fighting have been for that reason, to make our military look strong, to push forward our hegemony in the world. And by the way, I I think the world would benefit from America far more than it would benefit from the hegemony of China. Where they send you to a mental institution, and they they do all kinds of strange surgery on you and sell your organs. Uh, we know that happens. So, uh, who do you, uh, choose your choose your devil? Do you want the materialistic secular American enterprise, complete with LGBT uh, pride flag, or do you want Putin? Well, Putin's sort of out of the game. By the way, did you hear? I, I heard this that uh, what is that story? I found this. It's very interesting. I said I, I asked my wife, I said, Have you heard this? She kind of laughed at me and said, Oh, you're on social media again. Headline reads Vladimir Putin's doctors freed from corpse sitting duty. As Russian leaders rumored death declared state secret, according to a report from MSN.com. Now, that's my that's MSNBC. You know, if I could pull up, maybe they've yanked it. No, it's Vladimir Putin's. This is from Radar Online. Connor Samante. Vladimir Putin's doctors were reportedly freed from corpse-sitting duty this week after the Russian leader rumored death was officially declared a state secret, according to RadioOnline.com. In the latest development to come after the Russian telegram channel, General SVR claimed that Putin, 71, passed away last week, Due to a myriad of health issues. The outlet reported on Monday that the Russian leader's personal doctors were freed from his private residence in Valdai. So I haven't heard it anywhere else. I'm not seeing it scream across the headlines. So am I supposed to expect that it's false? Fake news? Maybe it is. Have to wait and see. How long would it take for us to figure that out? I mean, how, if that were true, how long could they keep up that charade? Well, maybe maybe they could pretend that he was assassinated, and that would bring the full ire of the Russian army down upon the Ukraines. We don't know. What we do know is that in our country, we have a president who is sliding down the hill of old age, and he's about to kick the can and get us into a war that we may never get out of. Uh, it may it may bring it may be the catalyst that brings about a NATO, EU. East-West confrontation, all under the guise of a guy who can't remember what year it is or what state he's in or what party he belongs to or who the president is or what the price of bread is or how much it is a gallon of gasoline. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to be right back. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a very interesting conversation with a man who I know you will enjoy. His name is Brian Thomas, and he's going to join me here, right here, on Speaking Out America. I'm JR. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the program. I'm very honored to have an old friend of mine. We've known each other 30 years. We've both been in broadcasting for a long, long time. We've remained friends. Uh, I consider him one of my closest friends, actually. His name is uh, Brian Higgins. He is the CEO of Brian's Beat Network. You can hear him every Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. If you're in the Boston area, WBSM 99.5 and AM 1420. And he also does a show for a group of folks out in uh, California, uh, the Santa Cruz Voice, and we'll get to that. But I wanted to tap into his knowledge base on a lot of what's going on in the world. Just among two guys, some simple observations that we're making about what's happening in the Middle East. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, Jim. I'm doing excellent. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's a long time. I want to have you on more because... You know, you and I have such a long history together, and uh, and along the way, there might even be some enjoyable memory uh, trips down memory lane. Who knows? Where this this could actually lead to a whole new way of doing the program? <laughs> we'll have to wait oh, and see. No, <laughs> Brian and I used to well, work together. Well, you know, sometimes
0: divergent views,
1: divergent views big for uh, great talk. Well, but you and I don't disagree on very much that I can tell. <clears throat> I mean, you're a you're kind of you How kind do you of I know. I don't know. You were the guy that kind of introduced me to libertarianism back in the 80s. <clears throat> I'd never really given that much thought. But I actually now now that I look back, I think I am a libertarian because I I do hold some things that I agree with on the conservative side, and I've become more so because I've gotten older. And I think that's what happens is you get older and you get more cynical and you don't trust the government as much because you see now what they do and how they operate, and things never ever seem to get as good as they say it's going to get. You know, so I don't know. How, how about you? I mean, this whole war, I mean, first there was Ukraine, and I, I didn't know what to make of that. I, you know, I wasn't picking sides, and now this, and of course I'm on Israel's side, but, you know, I don't want to see Palestinian babies being blown up. Uh, so I think a lot of us kind of don't know what to think. What do you think? Well, geez, I mean, where where do we start?
0: Let's, let's start with Ukraine since they've had a year battle uh, going on. I think that the Russians are being very methodical about what's going on, and they are doing their best not to... Uh, first of all, they were coaxed into going into Ukraine in the first place. Let's let's not um, be bashful about this. The United States, back in 2014, by helping to topple the Ukrainian government and putting other people that are, let's say, questionable, in in charge, and then the whole thing about Ukraine becoming a a NATO partner and, and all that. I mean, if, if you are Russia, is that what you really want? You, you, you want another NATO country right there at your doorstep. And so I think that they feel compelled that I, you know, look, I'm not in Putin's ear. I don't know the man, uh, at all, but. He feels that, you know, we are being encroached upon and he is the leader of Russia. I uh, know no matter uh, his background, being in the KGB or anything like that. He is a military person. I think that he is he has shown some a modicum, let's say, of restraint here. And he could have his his tanks and everybody, they, they could have bulldozed their way all the way to the other side of the of, of Ukraine. They haven't done that yet. So that's that's Ukraine. Now, this second thing, uh, What we witnessed on October 7th, and then I saw more pictures on October 8th, are absolutely shocking, horrifying. It it makes you say, how could anybody want to do what Hamas has done to Israel? But let's turn back the hands of time. Look what Israel has done in the Gaza over the past, well, let's just say the past 15 years? Yeah, uh, first of all, they created Hamas. So uh, I, what What do you do? They created their enemy right now. It makes you wonder, did they create them uh, in order to have somebody to always fight with? Or did they create them just to say that we don't have to worry about the PLO anymore? Either way you look at it, they created it didn't the United States uh, take the Mujahideen and make the Taliban? Sometimes, you know, you got to watch what you do because it
1: might come back to bite you. It's funny you say that because...
0: So that's what I think.
1: Well, and there's a lot to unpack there. Thanks for that. Uh, But you make up that point that oftentimes it's Americans getting... we, We step in stuff. We step in our own problems. Like there's been a couple of... Countries in Africa that have been overthrown recently by people that we've trained to be, you know, leaders, but then they ended up overthrowing the Democrat, you know, democratically elected, whoever it is, you know, in Nigeria and other places. So there's all of that. And I agree with you on the Russian assessment. You know, Biden had plenty of opportunity to get to the negotiation table, but he didn't. And it was so obvious. It was like he was egging. Putin on. Come on. I dare you to invade this country. We're going to unleash holy hell on you. And I actually think that was nothing more than a (laughs) wag the dog political thing to make Biden look strong. And he's willing to sacrifice people's lives in order to look presidential. And I find that to be a very disgusting character trait. And now switching over to uh, Hamas, you know, I liken it to like, what what if an extreme MAGA group took over, no, no, let, let's take this, uh, I got a better example. We have George Soros who's constantly pumping money into groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and anything that's disruptive to the American way of life. And in the same way Iran is is funding Hamas and they want Hamas to be this military might fighting machine, and they hate the Jews. They going back to the days of Abraham and Isaac, they despise the Jews, because it was it was the covenant of Abraham that he made with God, and they don't like that covenant. That's my perspective. So they they look at the Jews as being like lesser human, lesser mortal than they, and they have a rightful uh, whatever the word, they have a right to demand that they own that land, whatever what they call Palestine. Uh, this goes it goes all the way back to Egypt and Moses, for God's sakes, you know. So we're talking about something that has been taught to these kids, and I'm talking about the Palestinians. They've been taught to hate the Jews. And until we address that issue and get Iran to stop funding Hamas, this thing's just going to continue to boil over. Look, we've got to take a quick break. Can you hang on with me another segment there, buddy?
0: I can hang on another segment, yes, uh, because I think there's a lot to debate there.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do it. My friend, Brian Higgins, national talk show host, business entrepreneur, and so much more. And not to mention, a pretty good guy. We'll be back in just a second. Speaking out, America, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific, right here on crntalk.com, and then also at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're on with my guest, Brian Thomas, business entrepreneur, also talk show host and longtime friend. Just a couple of guys having a conversation about what's going on in the world. Brian Thomas here with me today. It's good to have you here. And we were talking about basically the Middle East, the tensions. And I guess I I, I made my statement, you made yours. But the the big question, Brian, is where is all of this headed? We've got Mideast tensions, Jerusalem, Gaza. You've got the United States. You've got Iran. You've got Qatar. You've got Hezbollah. I mean, you've got all these different uh, elements that are involved. Where does all this lead? Well, I think that is
0: must-see TV over the next uh, month, two months, maybe a couple of years, Jim, I want to go back on to something you mentioned during the the prior segment about um, Iran not fueling Hamas. Uh, I think there is an opinion in the European Caucasian world that Israel is totally in the right and the other folks are going to have to change their way. Let's go back to October 7th just for a second. When you're talking about paragliders and the attack that Hamas did, this was ruthless, but it was very calculated. They did mission accomplished. Not only did they kill people needlessly, but they took a number of people prisoners. They trained on how to use paragliders to do what they were doing. And it also looks like, speaking of the paragliders in that concert in Israel, it looks like the Israelis did a lot of killing, innocent uh, of killing of innocent people, uh, on that in their effort to try to stop Hamas from doing what they were doing. But uh, I say all of this because whether or not Iran funded Hamas or and or continues to fund Hamas, that's not going to stop. And Israel, the reason why they haven't done a full frontal assault in the Gaza is because they know that's going to be a very heavy price to pay, and they probably won't be the victory that everybody seems to underscore that they're going to have and the United states is is pretty soon is is going to have to think, do we want to try to wage war on a couple of different fronts here, and I'm talking. Ukraine and also the Middle East, and if and you got to look at it from from the perspective of the Palestinians and, and especially the Arabs uh, over there. How much longer do you think they're going to let Israel keep on pounding the Gaza before Hezbollah comes down from the West Bank, and then as they come down, Iran is going to get involved and Syria will get involved. If you're Israel, how do you try to fight all of these different fronts? This isn't 1973, this isn't 1967. Everybody's got technology now. And so uh, Hamas is hunkered down there. Israel can keep on bombing the smithereens out of the top of the Gaza, because way down below Hamas is doing what the uh, v- Viet Cong did back in the 1960s, uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s. They're way down below where these um, where these bombs can't get them. They've got food, they've got shelter, and they also have hospitalization. So they can get around. They can get out into the water and, and try to do a different attack. They've got tunnels that go into Egypt. They they have uh, They have an architecture that was Even better than what the Viet Cong had back in the, like I said, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So they're not going to give up. Hamas, all they have to do right now is not totally die. And eventually, Israel is going to have to come to the realization, yeah, we might be able to win militarily,
1: but we're not going to be able to take the will out of the people. You're telling well, me don't you think, think this is strategy? Iran then is gonna give up. that Hamas is just oh, allowing? I
0: think this is a chess game. A uh, Hamas, absolutely, absolutely. They they waited. They calculated. They did what they did as far as that the attacks and the kidnapping of people. They've got those people hunkered down. Even those that have come out uh, of uh, you know the three people that have been released. They've already come out and stated that they were in some kind of tunnel where they didn't really know what was going on up above. So yeah, oh, absolutely. And Hamas knows that as, as Israel keeps on pounding away and killing civilians, the world is gonna turn around and say, hey, this has to stop. It's already considered a war crime. It's just a matter, do you start
1: charging uh, Netanyahu and company uh, with, with, with war crimes? You know, you bring up such a good point because if if it is the ultimate goal, there are se- several agencies involved here. You've got Iran, uh, you've got China, who's waiting for the other shoe to drop so that they can make their move possibly on Taiwan. And Xi has even said, as such, that once America becomes so embroiled in all of these theaters of war, it will be it will be easy to push back if they don't let us take to Taiwan and repatriate them, you've got that. You've got our economy, which is eh, depending on then you've got the elections. And then the fact that Trump, <laughs> who's leading the pack, is probably never going to see the light of day outside of a courtroom. And then, then there's Biden and his team, his cabal of of warmongers. I mean, this is I can understand why people think this is the war. That everybody's been waiting for the the end times. I mean, in, in the religious community, they think it's the end of days. I mean, there's it, it seems like the level of contention is higher than it's ever been. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just watching too much news. No, I
0: think you're absolutely right. I, but you know what? Many people play checkers in in these types of geopolitical war games. The fact of the matter is, folks are playing chess. And, you know, where we go, if we go back to the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I guess, when Israel first reached out to start Hamas to where we are today, it has always been a political chess game.
1: Yeah. I mean, even going back to 47 and the U.N. deciding, coming together and saying, okay, because of, of what happened to the Jews in World War Two and in Germany and under Nazism, we're gonna give you we're gonna make it so you can go back to your country. And go back there. And and that was at the expense of others that were there, I suppose. Uh but I mean I'm not one I, I think we're all indigenous to the whole world. I mean we each one of our different continents are filled with people that came from somewhere else, you know? So this whole thing about Oh, you know, it's it's our right. It's a holy site, and we're entitled to it. I, I don't think that I don't think that's as relevant as people make it out to be. I think it's uh, to the well, to the I victor go the spoils. Think, you know. Well, I mean,
0: there are two sides to that. Uh, the victor go to spoils. That's how um, the Jews ended up coming, being uh, repatriated. To that area, I say repatriated, that is not the correct word. The Jews that left that area were not Caucasian Jews. They were Arab Jews and they were African Jews, black African Jews. Mm-hmm. The folks that were given that land in the 1940s are Caucasian. How did they ever get into the mix? Just because you're Jewish? I mean, I think you can, unless you can figure out a particular bloodline, those people were not the ones that ended up losing their lands or, or more to the point, their, their distant relatives. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I am certainly for uh, uh, an Israel and a Jewish homeland. But those folks that are there now, in particular, those that have come over over the past uh, 20 years. What claim do they have? Yeah, right, right. Uh, a Jewish birthright. No, it's not their Jewish birthright. Uh, in fact, I would like to see what has happened to those that really do have a Jewish birthright. Are they allowed in that land?
1: Hang on, Brian Thomas. We're going to get right back to this conversation, which I am enjoying, and I know my audience is too. Hang on there. We'll be back. You're listening to Speaking Out America. I'm Jim Watkins. Welcome back to Speaking Out America, talking with my good friend and fellow talk show host, Brian Thomas. Brian, there, have been, there has been fighting. There's been a struggle between tribes going as far back as history tells us. And the only difference between way back then and today is now you have these superpowers, these, these people that are like metaphorically, they're in the back of the room and they're egging on the, the conflict. You know, and they're doing it because they can benefit financially or they can benefit politically. And I think what's interesting is you brought up a good point that I haven't heard anywhere else, Brian. And that is that you've got a situation where this could have been by design, where the powers that be knew that the United States, I mean, we immediately had two warships in the Mediterranean within days of the Hamas attack. I mean, we got our ships over there quickly, we got a third ship there. Just today we're reading that missiles are now coming from Yemen into southern Israel. Now Yemen's involved, Qatar's involved trying to negotiate. There's all these different factions now and 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 how much of it is by design? How much of it was orchestrated by like you say the people behind the scenes that are playing chess, not checkers? So what that tells me, well, there's I going to be a that, lot of death. that is how we
0: have to look at it. Yeah. W- without a doubt. I think this has been going on for quite some time. And then you hear some of the intelligence reports that have come out that um, the Israeli Defense Forces, they, they had the information that something was up, but they used artificial intelligence, and the artificial intelligence uh, gave them, well, uh, no, no way you can really expect them to attack. Too many things have been going right. There's no reason for them to attack. And yet there was an attack.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They dropped the ball. I I mean, I've heard from sources that Hamas, they didn't expect that it would be so lackadaisical. I mean, they came in thinking they might have a a limited run, but they ended up there for hours doing whatever they wanted without any resistance. Like, I think they, I've read somewhere that even Hamas was surprised at at how easy it was to invade on that day. Kind of like uh, when George Washington took the British on Christmas after everybody on the British side were waking up with hangovers, you know? It's like, uh-oh, we weren't ready for this (laughs) attack. No, it's kind of similar. It may go down in history as a journey. No, and
0: I think history is replete with incidents like that. The Tet Offensive happening on the Vietnamese New Year, January 31 of uh, 1969. So, yeah, I, I, things like that happened. Nobody expected it. Boom, it happened, and you're basically caught with your pants down.
1: Yeah, and that's what happened. Uh, turning our attention while we have a few minutes, Brian Thomas, uh, what's your prediction on the 2024 elections, and what do you think ultimately is, how how do you think it's going to turn out? It's a tough one, I isn't it? believe
0: that the two front-running candidates will not be the two candidates that you end up voting on on November. I think the date is November seventh, yeah, or November eighth of twenty twenty-four. That is my prediction right now. If they happen to be the winner, probably will not be the person sworn in in January of.
1: 2025. Well, you know, you. Uh, I think we all agree the elephant in the room is that day by day we're seeing Joe Biden less capac- uh, capacitated. He's, it's harder for him to stay awake. He's he's not just making mistakes, he's making huge mistakes. He was at a Mexican caucus and he thought he was at the Black Caucus and then he went to the Black Caucus and thought he was with the Mexican <laughs> You you know it's almost comical. He <laughs> <laughs> can't remember what year it is. So is it is it is it on purpose or is it by design? Well, I why would it be on purpose or why would it be by design? Because so that's a good everything
0: strategy. else is part of a chess game. <laughs> it's a great. I see. You know what? Because right now, seriously, Democrats are going to vote for joe biden there's in fact they don't really have much competition and they certainly don't have too many people debating so joe biden de facto is going to win the primaries if joe starts uh or you know if they have joe gaffing all of these times he's still going to win the vote but then maybe he thinks things are getting too too uh, testy and he steps out and I'm just going to throw out a name, Kamala Harris, but it doesn't have to be Kamala Harris, ends up uh, taking over the ticket and ends up running for the presidency. And something on a different note, as you uh, brought up about Donald Trump, uh, it gets too difficult for him to navigate a campaign because he has to figure out how to navigate in a courtroom.
1: Well, he may not have to, because if you see the crowds, they're showing up. Right. And uh, his base isn't going anywhere. And every time they inflict harm on him, he just bounces back. I think he could go to the basement right now and never do another crowd uh, you know, thing. Never, do, And he would probably still get an overwhelming number of votes from the Republicans. And I think it's because it's a stab in the I, eye I think you're right. to the left. It's a stab in the eye saying you're no, not going to tell no, us who not. to vote for. They
0: expect that. Yeah. No, I, I think that I think that is very well expected. But here's the thing. When you get into a general election, you've got a lot of people that have, have seen and heard from Trump that aren't going to vote for Trump. And then you've got people. I, I don't know how many people have decided that after the 2020 election and certainly after January 6th, whatever you think about January 6th, I don't know how many people have, have decided, well, you know what? we should have kept Trump in office and this time around I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a very difficult slope all the way around. And as each court case uh, comes up, I, I get the feeling more and more people are shying away from him. And I doesn't mean he doesn't win the, the primaries, but I, I think, I think that I'm going to go back to what I said. I think the November, 2020, 2024 election, you're going to see at least one, if not two, different people in that in that race than yeah. the two front runners right now.
1: I'm wondering uh, who is vice presidential. Candidate. That'll have a big impact. But you know who I like, I really like, is Yunkin out of out of uh, Virginia. I think he could be a vice president and and just literally walk into the White House. And then when when they're done ravaging Trump, taking him down like a like one of them, you know, things you see in the, in, in, you know, in the plateaus of Africa where a bunch of small animals take down a bigger animal. They're not going to stop trying to take Trump down. But it would be nice and it would be comforting to have a very strong, uh, stable-minded Republican as vice president. So I'm waiting to see who that person might be. I don't know. I don't think it'll be DeSantis. So are, you, are you
0: ruling out somebody like a Nikki Haley?
1: You know, uh, I go back and forth with Nikki, but I think she, at the end of the day, she's a deep stater. I mean, she's been in politics; she's going to play by the rules, and it'll be it'll be the uniparty all over again. I mean, I think that's where we're at right now: is people are waking up and they're realizing. Oh, I don't
0: think that's going to change.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to
0: change. And and I, my look, my cynicism says that even though Donald Trump espouses different views. He is a part of it. And why do I think he's a part of it? When you've got $12 billion, you've got a vested interest.
1: Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, you know what? And the thing is, it's interesting to watch. But right now, I think that's like so far in the future when you consider that between now and then we've got an economy. I mean, what do you think of the economy? Is it doing all right? I can't tell. I think we're all struggling. And nobody wants to admit it because if they do, then they have to admit that it's, it's Bidenomics. So, do
0: you remember that movie that came out, I think, in 1976? Uh, Peter Finch, he went into about a three-minute diatribe. Yes, it's called Network. Yeah. I can't take this anymore. People, Right. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, here's the part leading into that, where people are so happy with what their life is doing right now. I was sitting in the parking lot the other day, uh, I'll make this real quick. I'm sitting in the parking lot at the uh, grocery store, taking care of a couple of things before I actually go into the store. And this woman comes out of the store and, uh, I'm listening to the radio. So part of, part of what's going on is I'm listening as somebody's giving, um, kind of like a personal finance report. And how things are doom and gloom on the personal finance report. And I'm watching this lady and she takes her her remote control and she hits the button. You hear the little beep and the trunk door swings open. Oh, yeah. And then she puts her groceries into the car and she goes and hits it again. And the door gently shuts. And then she hits it again and, and the door unlocks and she gets into her car and she's all nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I wonder why she didn't just have the delivery person bring the groceries out and do it for, well, wouldn't you know it <laughs> out of the store comes a delivery person over to another car. And the same kind of sequence happens where the person doesn't even get out of the car, just hits the button and the door doors yeah. open and somebody else that's, the state we're in right now the economy is in the deep toilet but people don't know it because they're going about their regular
1: business yeah but well, we'll leave it there brian thomas you can check him out on wbsm 99.5 fm and also 1420 there in the boston area and of course good friend good to catch up with you we'll talk to you again we'll have you on again uh, real soon okay brian speaking out america sounds good jim thanks always a pleasure all right and it's going to do it for the show today see you here in 24 hours right here crntalk.com i'm jim watkins